So, Harry. Yeah. If you could do a face-off, face-swap, a mysteriously medically perfect face-swap mm-hmm. with any person, mm-hmm. who would it be and why? Okay. Uh, now, are we talking face or face and body? You, you know, like, is it a full body swap like this basically is, or is it just the face? Are we talking that realistically? <laughs> Nothing about this is realistic, Harry. So <laughs> go, go for your life. Whatever, whatever feels right for you. Okay. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So your face on Dwayne the Rock Johnson's body, and Dwayne the Rock Bon Johnson. That's body. not what we just said. Oh, okay, fine. But that's funnier to imagine, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. So that's so all that means is that you are. No, it is still your face on Dwayne the Rock Johnson's body, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing with the face swap, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's that. That'd be something. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson's face on your body would also be very amusing. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Face Off. Also, we're pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments for any original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most chance of gaining a child by the end of this episode. Is it that cl- are we that close now? Well, it could be. I mean, are you just going to say this for the next five weeks, though, or five episodes? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's the relevance to this film? He gains a child at the end. Oh, he does. Okay, fair enough. I take it back. That is actually on trend. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. That went over my head. Yeah. Good shout. Yeah. Shut your face. Okay. Well, what? You'll rip it off. Ruining my intro. And joining me as always, the host with the most skill in crashing planes, is John Lucas. I've never crashed a plane. Yeah, but I, but I reckon of the two of us, you're more likely to do it. But you're the one who would like assume it would, you were capable of flying one in the first place. Well, I reckon I'm better at, better at flying a plane than you are, yeah. <laughs> we both have the That's exact all I'm saying. That's all I'm experience saying of flying planes. So here's the thing, I would never presume to think I could fly a plane, therefore I will never crash one. I can see a world in which you take it on yourself so think, oh yeah i could fly a plane and then, oh, i reckon i could there you go you're the one who's going to crash a plane not me <laughs> all right god <sighs> okay so uh hostile hostile energy this episode it's like, <laughs> it's like you're my cast of troy <laughs> uh cool so face off then merry christmas everybody uh oh. merry merry saint, saint nicholas mm-hmm. indeed um, and what a gift this was what a gift indeed mm-hmm. i I've not seen this before. You hadn't seen it before? No. Oh my God, I didn't realize. <laughs> no, oh, what no. a treat for you then. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I I, uh, I vaguely knew what to expect. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you see the words Travolta, Cage. I mm. assume you knew the basic premise. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you know what you're getting. Yeah. To a degree. But uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for how, how Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage actually was in this film. Oh, this is like... he was not holding back. And I really wasn't sure if it was... If, if he was going to be, if he was going to give that kind of energy where he thinks he's doing a serious film when it's really not, mm-hmm. or if it's one of the films such as it is where he probably knows what sort of film he's in. Oh yeah, I mean this is absolute apex cage. He is mm. giving. He's really gone all in on this one. Yeah. Right? Fun fact about this one: uh, he actually filmed this back to back with Conair. 
really. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that within like... It doesn't surprise not me. Not at all, no. It's very much that run of his career, yeah. But I believe he finished shooting Connor and literally hopped on a plane and landed and did face-off like within a matter of days. Wow. So, yeah. Very much on a roll. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, cool. the, that's what that's the kind of cage we're getting here. <laughs> and Travolta, pairing him with Travolta, what do you think of that pairing? It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Travolta was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, I loved Travolta's impressions of Nicolas Cage. I feel like Travolta was making more of an effort to do like a real inter- yeah. physical and vocal impersonation. But also, Nicolas Cage is an easier person to impersonate. He absolutely is, you're right, yeah. He does weird shit. Yeah, he does Rhythm. more. You can do, you just do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Nicholas Gate. Sorry, um, John Travolta is more difficult to imp- to impersonate. Impersonate. Yeah. yeah. So I can agree with that. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Nicholas Cage did a bad job. Far from no. it. But he was just very much doing his Nicholas Cage thing, mm. and John Travolta, I think, was doing. I mean, a very. Don't get me wrong. Super hammy, mm-hmm. but was definitely doing some Nicholas Cage stuff that I've, I've, I've really enjoyed watching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are the two biggest honey-glazed hams in the industry, aren't they, at the end of the day? So <laughs> sticking them together, it's just mm. magic. It's absolute magic. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I'd have loved to have like seen so much of like how this film was made, how somebody came up with the idea, how mm. they were like, who should we get for this? Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, can we get them? And then I want to see the conversations of mm. like, so Nicolas Cage, we want to get you in this movie. Um, you're going to be John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want some backstory? Yes, I've got please. some facts. Okay. Tell me everything. So, first of all, um, <laughs> it was originally supposed to be set in the future. Okay. To make the face-swapping technology seem more realistic. Sure. And they just let that go. Yeah, the, the, at some point the director was like, oh, I don't want to do a whole future thing. Let's just say it's possible. <laughs> so they, just, <laughs> they just put it in the present day. And we're like, sure, we can swap people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they kind of accidentally invented 3D printing. <laughs> do you, not, you know the bit where they showed the guy getting his ear yeah, transplanted? Yeah. That was just... 3D printing, right? Yeah. That's what it looked like. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't a remotely a thing in 1997, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, it was originally supposed to be a, a set in the future. There were a number of different casting options before they landed on mm-hmm. Travolta Cage. Um, initially, and let's see how you feel about this one, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah, that totally works. On board with that. Totally on board with that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I'd love to see them both like try each other's accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I feel like the it would have been different, but it would have been a lot of fun mm-hmm. in its own way for sure. Mm. I can definitely see that movie. Happening. But I can also see why it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think it would have done as well. No. Um, Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford. It's a solid, unspectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the battle of who could be slightly more boring. Yeah, and here's a bit of a wild card that also was considered for a while. Bruce Willis, okay. Alec Baldwin. All right. Yeah. Oh, weird choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alec Baldwin was a bit of an action star briefly in the nineties. Mm. Uh, so they, they kind of, kind of tracked. That would have been interesting. Alec Baldwin's always like doing, he's always got, he's kind of, he's not like a Nick Cage style wild card, but he's always mm. got something going on. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they, they were possibilities before they landed on. I think Cage Travolta is a, obviously a very, very good pairing. Yes, like I said, they're both definitely absolute, you know, overacting. Mm-hmm. On 11, and they're both complete, completely... I mean, John Travolta's on 11, and Nicolas Cage is somewhere out beyond calculated numbers. You know, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The number has not yet been calculated yeah. for <laughs> the level that Nicolas Cage is at in this movie. But I think John Travolta's as close as anyone's going to get to like matching him in just mm-hmm. going all in on it. And just so. raw energy. Exactly, the energy and just mm-hmm. the lack of lack of self-consciousness. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It was directed by uh, John Woo, who is a, was an acclaimed... I believe Chinese act, Chinese director. He made a load of, a load of really famous Chinese movies and mm-hmm. action movies. 
and then he got to make a few American ones. This is his most successful one. He, although he also did Mission Impossible 2. Ah, which I think I, yeah. a lot of people say is the worst Mission Impossible. Oh, by a long way. Well, yes. there you go. Well, that's yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he did some other ones that you probably haven't seen. The, lo- the, the longer Tom Cruise's hair, the worse the film. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, he did that. He did a film called uh, Broken Arrow, which I don't think you'll have seen. But also oh, I have seen that, actually. Oh, have you? Also yeah. had John Travolta in it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were his main ones, and then he went back to back to China again. But, mm. uh, yeah. And to answer your question about how this was sold to Nicolas Cage, he was offered it. And he said he didn't want to do it because he wasn't interested in playing a villain because mm-hmm. I think he's been he'd been doing it a lot. But then when he learned he could also play the hero because the, the face swap thing, he was yep. like in. <laughs> <laughs> Great, <laughs> which fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he gets he gets to be both. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, while we're vaguely on topic, have you heard about his uh, his his next film, Cages? Yeah. No, remind me. He's playing what? himself. Oh, is it some kind of meta thing about a making of a film or something? Uh, almost. Let me let me just get up the uh, description. It's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds very <laughs> subtle, as, as it should. <laughs> that sounds like a very subtle movie. <laughs> a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, uh, played by uh, Pedro Pascal. Okay. But is really an informant for the CIA, since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. So Nicolas Cage is playing himself, yeah. playing a undercover CIA agent. Yep. Taking on a billionaire played by Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Who's directing this film? Anyone of note or? Tom Gormican. What else has Tom Gormican done? As a director, he's done one film called That Awkward Moment. So a vaguely unknown director. Okay. I have my expectations for this have been tempered. We'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll see. If it ever comes out, we'll see. I mean, maybe it's a film that has a loose script. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Well, that's it. I think that's that's always you can tell a good cage moment when when he has mm. plenty of opportunities to improvise, which he did in this. Yeah, there's many lines in this that were improvised by Cage. Apparently, they just got, let him go. It's also got Neil Patrick Harris and Tiffany Haddish. Oh wow, okay, that's that's pretty that's a pretty promising cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, okay. Oh, good. that's good to know. Okay, so yeah, um, next year, next year, we're looking forward to it. Great. Uh, any more thoughts before we get into the plot summary? Uh, this was insane. This was insane, yeah. Um, and uh, I love his head banging at the start. <laughs> <laughs> was that the, hi- the only highlight for you? No. <laughs> no. I mean, it's certainly a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I never really enjoy the Messiah. In fact, I think it's fucking boring. But your voice makes even a hack like Handel <laughs> seem like a genius. Great. I mean, it opens really strong to get into the plot somewhere. Oh, absolutely, it does. I mean, it opens literally with a child being shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we open with John Travolta riding an old school kind of carousel mm-hmm. on a in a in a fun fair, I guess, with his with his infant son, his cute cute as a button little infant son. Mm-hmm. You know, he's hugging him, he's doing the finger thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um. <laughs> hated it. Absolutely hated it. We'll get there, we'll get Ob- there. Obvi- well, we'll get there now. Okay. Obviously, it's the drinking game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, sure. uh, oh, it's made me shudder every single it's time. Not- and then burst out laughing. Yeah, sure. But, like, especially this one, where, where it's like the start of the film. I'm, it, the film's not even set its scene yet. Yeah. And John Travolta is stroking this young boy's face, and I'm like, oh, this just doesn't feel okay. And it just keeps going, like... 
Imagine you and Louise are like, you know, you're sat on the couch and you're having a tender little moment or something. How do you think she'd react if you just shoved your like dirty, meaty <laughs> fingers into her eyeballs and just <laughs> rolled it down her face as a sign of affection? Yeah. Do you think she'd kind of enjoy that? Not, no, 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 no pro- probably not. No. For me, it, it bookends the film as well mm-hmm. because... Um, at the very so obviously jumping ahead at the at the very end when he reunites with his family after everything that the They've been through, yeah. the, the the John Travolta body has been through, mm-hmm. <laughs> he then does it to his daughter as well. Yeah, and she doesn't find it at all weird. Even it though it seems like, to be like a family thing that they even do. though like literally like half an hour ago he was licking her face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that family is going to be in therapy for decades. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Oh, it, it just no. Yeah, yeah, no. I know what you mean. But yeah, it does seem like it's a weird like sign of like sign of affection within that family. Just like let's all yeah. waterfall each other. But, like, <laughs> oh dear. But for me, that that gesture. Whose choice was that? I don't, I don't know if that was an ad lib or just something they were directed to do. But I guess because it's like a thematic of them touching faces and whose mm. face is it? Is it my face? Is it your face? Yeah. yeah. But like, I think it's just so that like later on, Nicolas Cage can go and touch people's faces mm-hmm. and it can be like, oh, you must be John Travolta. Yeah, you picked up that. But it just means that like, oh, now this weird criminal guy is touching your face. Yeah. It's just getting worse. <laughs> it does. It feels like for me that that movement, that grabbing someone's face mm-hmm. and doing it, it seems like something that like a domestic abuser would do to their victim. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's something very like yeah. powering about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know. I'm in, I'm taking a dominant position with you. It's not. Mm-hmm. I did not find it sweet or fatherly at all. No. I found it really unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It really is unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> so he sat on his carousel, face waterfall in his child. <laughs> <laughs> but little does he know that a mustachioed Nicholas Cage. <laughs> What's with this press-on mustache that that never comes back? Fake mustache just to hide it. He's just hiding behind like a grassy knoll or something. (laughs) With a full like automatic sniper that he's set up and and uh, and he's waiting to take his shot at John Travolta because I guess he's his mortal enemy already. Well, it's never explained like why why he's trying to kill John Travolta. Um, I assumed that like he was a hitman or something, Mm -hmm. but that's never explicitly said. What's Nicolas Cage's motivation in this whole movie? Like, I mean, obviously, when he gets face swapped, it's revenge. But like, yeah, yeah. Initially, when he's like a terrorist, like, what what's he trying to achieve? Uh, he just wants to achieve. He just wants to make a bigger name for himself. He just wants to blow shit like, up and cause. Yeah, you know, he's saying that he's like calls himself a god. He's gonna bring the plague or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair um, enough. You know, so he's clearly just an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. But his thing with John Travolta at the very start. I just assumed that he was a hitman and somebody taking a hit out on John Travolta. Yeah, but John Travolta is just like. Well, he's supposed to be the best cop in the country, so sure, sure I get why. Maybe he's already been chasing him for a few years and they're already mortal enemies. We just missed a whole prequel about this, but... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage, with his moustache and his sniper rifle, he takes the shot, hits Travolta in, through the chest, I think, or through mm-hmm. the shoulder, but the bullet goes through him and kills the kills the little boy. Yeah. So, dark, dark opening. Like, yeah. a child is murdered and it's like minute one. Like, and we've already got to my second drinking game. Uh-huh. Again, I'm sorry to jump ahead. No, but go ahead, it, yeah. It just come up. Mm-hmm. Is drink whenever... Somebody misses a very easy shot. Oh yes, because yeah. <laughs> my god, in this film, and like this was the fir- the first one. He's like looking through the through the the scope on the mm. sniper rifle. I mean, he doesn't technically miss. He just hits more than he intended to. Well, he's looking through the scope, and he's got the scope trained on John Travolta's head for mm-hmm. ages. Yeah. And then he's not taking the shot, and, and so I'm thinking, oh, he's just like spying on him. He's not actually going to shoot him in, at this point because yeah. he's had a clear shot for ages, and he's not taking it. Mm-hmm. So he must be waiting for something, and then. 
you know, like they turn round as the merry-go-round turns and he shoots him through the back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so he was going for the boy instead for some reason. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't think he was. He was no. just going for Travolta. Just, that, was, that, yeah. was, that, was a, that was a genuine accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I just, no, it was stupid. Yeah. So then we get this very emotional scene. This of, film's stupid, John. It is, I mean, it, you don't need to tell me that. I'm, I'm not, A, I didn't choose it. And B, nobody's saying this is like an intellectual masterpiece. But, but then we get this very sad scene of John Travolta like crawling across the ground and then like picking up his dead son in his arms and weeping, mm. which is so, only slightly undercut by the fact that at this point, the boy is very obviously a doll. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's very obviously like a broom on a, a wig on a broom on a stick kind of thing. Like, <laughs> it's very rigid. The neck's a bit too long. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it really undercuts the moment. But. Yeah. yeah. So nevertheless, so we cut to six years later mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage is still on the run. He's called, uh, what's his name now? Castor Troy. Castor yeah. Troy. You can't forget that name. Great name. Great name's all about. He's Castor Troy. John Travolta is Sean Archer. Mm-hmm. And six years later, Castor Troy is still very much on the run. Mm. And Sean Archer remains obsessed with tracking him down. He's like the head of the FBI or something, or head of the local police force, whatever. And Mm -hmm. he's he's just, again, it's one of those ones where he's only got one case, and that's his only case, and he's obsessed with this one case. I mean, Mm. he killed his son, I get it, absolutely. But yes, we're reintroduced to Nicolas Cage in the scene that you referenced earlier, uh, when he's he's setting a bomb in some kind of convention center in LA <laughs> well, where there's also like a choir singing hallelujah. Yeah. And he's really blending in for this bomb explosion. <laughs> he's really <laughs> keeping a low profile, <laughs> dressing in a full cassock, full yeah. priest's cassock. It's a word I've never heard before. Cassock. That's yeah. what they're called. The priest's outfit. It's a cassock. Sure. I'm a Catholic. I know these things. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Uh, yeah. I just head banging to hallelujah for some reason, <laughs> like fully just doing like a drag queens mm-hmm. re- choreo routine. And going up behind some poor choir girl and feeling her bum and mm-hmm. whispering into her ear. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a lot, yeah. It it is yeah. And like I thought he was supposed to be like the director of the mm-hmm. choir. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I thought that that's who he was supposed to be. That's what his costume was. Like nobody would su- suspect the priest who's directing the choir. Sure. Maybe that was his way in, but yeah. Yeah, but like somebody else is directing the choir and he's just like there. He just want yeah, like a strange pre- man in a priest's cassock mm. wanders up to your choir, which seems to be all like teenage girls. They seem mm-hmm. to be young and just starts fondling them. You yeah. think that'd draw a little bit of attention. Yeah. But- <laughs> and she seems kind of, you know, maybe she's, I mean, maybe she's just so horrified she can't move, but she doesn't like scream for help or anything. No. It's like, Strange, yeah. strange scene. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you wonder how much of this came from Nicolas Cage because there's no reason for any of this. So, <laughs> no. All he needs to do is plant a bomb. But mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, John Travolta is kind of trying to track him down, and he gets a tip off that Castor Troy is boarding a plane with his brother Pollux Troy. <laughs> Where do these names come from? Like <laughs> Pollux Troy. <laughs> Pollux. It's just not not a name. Oh, what a cute baby. What should we call it? Pollux. (laughs) (laughs) And then it grows up to be a sociopath. (laughs) Whose fault is that? Always blame the parents. He gets a tip off that, yeah, Castor and Pollux are boarding a plane (laughs) in LA. Uh, And then we cut to like a full on helicopter chasing a plane sequence well first of all you've got to talk about nicholas cage's look oh i mean yeah because i think this is one of his all-time most iconic looks mm-hmm. right now what, what he's wearing he's wearing sort of like alligator skin like leather mm-hmm. trousers and he's got a leather jacket which he takes off and then puts on again yeah <laughs> i don't understand that yeah um and he's got like these really fancy gold jewel pistols that, that he's got on holsters behind him mm-hmm. and he just and, and 
he changes sunglasses to get on the plane as well. Yeah, you got to have a um, second backup pair of sunglasses, indoor, outdoor. You know, I, I, it's like driving. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of his looks in this film are, are quite something, but, mm-hmm. but this is a particularly good one. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of questions as to the uh, capabilities of the FBI. Uh huh. They do not feel like they they're good at anything. No, absolutely, certainly not. So. They've tracked him down to an airport and they mm-hmm. know that he's going to board this plane. Yes. And get on it and fly away, presumably across a border. Mm-hmm. They plant somebody on the plane. <laughs> this poor woman, yeah. They plant a woman on a plane who essentially gets raped. Then while uh, once the plane has started moving, their plan was to have John Travolta and his partner in an SUV at the far end of the runway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they can, you know, play a game of chicken mm-hmm. while... Literally all the other police cars in the state, it looks like, mm-hmm. are chasing the plane from behind. Yeah. What sense does any of this make? <laughs> Look, the any of it. They're reacting on the fly. You know. They're, they're well, they the... managed to put someone on the plane. True, true, true. They did get hell fast. <laughs> if they could put someone on the plane, why couldn't they like just have have the pilot being a plant and just sure. not doing yeah, it? Put two people on the plane. Yeah, that poor woman was a, such a sacrificial lamb. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you're right, he doesn't actually rape her, but what he does do is arguably worse. When yeah. <laughs> how would you... Well, I, wrote it down, I wrote it down the line because it was so disgusting. Right? <laughs> if I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Mm. And then he just sticks his tongue like full out. Mm-hmm. And it's a long red tongue. Yeah. I've never seen anything like... I've seen some weird like sex feel, scenes in films. I feel sorry for the actress as well. I really did. Again, again, <laughs> this, this was so much probably an ad lib and she's just yeah. like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she has to go down on it like it's a lollipop or something. It's just like, <laughs> like he, he sticks it out and just keeps it there, like yeah. rigid. And she just has to kind of put her mouth around it. It's so grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. On board. Let's go. Here you go. Mm, bravo. Would you like anything else once we're airborne? Sit. Come here. Hmm. You know, I can uh, eat a peach for hours. Um, if I were to send you flowers, where would I... Uh... <laughs> no. Wait, let me rephrase. If I were to let you suck my tongue... Be grateful. Yeah, so that happens, and then thankfully for her, they're um, interrupted by the police attacking them, and she's mm-hmm. swiftly released into the sweet relief of death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the first two people who die in this film are infant and a woman. Like yeah. this film really like sets itself out very early. It's like okay, anyone's a, anyone is a victim here. Like mm-hmm. you know, nobody is safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's this insane, crazy plane chase scene that is so over the top and dramatic it feels like the end of most action movies it does this is like the climactic chase yeah because the plane the the helicopter's chasing the plane Mm -hmm. the woman gets shot and thrown out of the plane Mm -hmm. then he's got the guns of the pilot's head and the Mm pilot's then he shoots the pilot he's passing the plane then he crashes the plane into an aircraft hangar Mm -hmm. then him and his brother are running around the aircraft hangar while there's fires and explosions and people Mm -hmm. are shooting at them one of the agents is randomly doing karate you know it's all (laughs) it's, it's all going on 
And I'm like, Nicholas Cage gets thrown into a test jet engine. Yes. And I'm like, it's minute seven, guys. <laughs> Chill out. Like, what are you going to do for the next two hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like I had nothing to worry about. No, they do not disappoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, him and John Travolta have their first like major standoff where, mm-hmm. you know, they're pointing a gu- again, neither of them can actually shoot the other one, but mm-hmm. they're pointing guns at each other's faces and, you know, yeah. big standoff. Ends up with Nicolas Cage being thrown into the path of a jet engine mm-hmm. and the, the force of it shoves him backwards and he hits a metal wall yeah. and is knocked into a coma. Yeah. Or so we think. Yeah. Or so these crack doctors <laughs> think he's in a coma. Oh, I've just I've just kind of put it together that the doctors are good enough to literally change someone's body, mm-hmm. but they're not good enough to know when someone's going to come out of a coma. Yeah, they can't tell the a concussion in a coma. Yeah. yeah, he's been in a coma for a couple hours. Yeah. And literally the woman's like, relax, he's a turnip. Yeah. <laughs> like she puts a cigarette out on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, should we carry on? Oh, yeah. So, sorry, yeah, sorry. I realized like that, that, it sounded like I was starting a sentence. You kind of look like your, your body language, you like you were kind of building into something. I don't know, yeah. I so. thought I was for a second, but then I suddenly realized, like, no, I don't want to do this plot summary. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Why should I have expected anything different? So, yeah. So he's now for all intents and purposes, in a coma. Mm-hmm. The brother, Pollux, has been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, that's never going to stop being funny. What a name. I know. But <laughs> is it like a, a late surge for your, for your baby name now? Yeah, I think it's, so. It's yeah, entered yeah. the run. And, that's, that's a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they find evidence about this bomb that he's planted in the convention center in LA, mm-hmm. which is apparently a, a huge bomb that could blow up half the city. So it's a big, big yeah. danger. Um, for some reason, they've got like a, eight days until it detonates. What kind of a lead time is that? I don't know. Who sets a bomb to be, go off eight days later? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that gives us a bit of time for the plot to happen. So yeah. the only person who knows where the bomb is, who is alive and not in a coma, is Pollux. Mm-hmm. But Pollux won't speak to... I'm just going to keep saying Pollux. But Pollux keeps... Pollux won't speak to anyone but his brother, who mm-hmm. he doesn't realize is in a coma. Yeah. We assume. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I don't know. Should we interrogate him? Oh, no, he'll never talk. Should, should we Should we plant an agent in his prison cell? No, he, he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. Mm. There's only one solution here. <laughs> There's only one solution. Travolta, we're going to do a face-off. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they just, they don't, they don't mess around with this. No. Like, they don't build you in. It's, it's just straight in, straight there. It's like minute 12. It's like, mm. so here's the, here's the solution, guys. John Travolta, we are going to do this radical surgery on you. We're going to put comatose Nicolas Cage's face on your body mm-hmm. and your face on his body. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh man, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he was, he puts up very little resistance. Yeah. And then he eventually agrees to do it. And yeah. like, okay. And they talk about like how they're going to change his hairline mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But they, they don't talk about like the weight difference. They do. They do. do. They? Well, they do and they don't because they do. I have many questions, but yeah, they do say, the doctor does say, oh, we'll give you ab sculpting or something to get rid of the love handles they do actually say oh, that too, yeah, they? yes they yeah. do yeah yeah what they don't explain <laughs> what is never explained is what happens when nicholas cage then gets john travolta's face because mm-hmm. then he because that's the thing that like, john travolta is a bigger guy than nicholas cage mm. so like fair enough let's let's just buy it that they gave john travolta like a liposuction thing yeah. and they gave him abs and made him nicholas cage skinny okay mm-hmm. so then when nicholas cage gets john travolta's body <laughs> they, they do reverse liposuction but presumably. No, does the doctor do that I I don't know. They, okay. they 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 don't say. That's what I mean. They don't say. They just say he does, he does the face thing. Does he just yeah. like have his facial surgery and then just like spend a week at McDonald's or something? It's yeah. Never explained. <laughs> but. I really enjoyed the scene where Nicolas Cage is 
just casually walking around without a face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Why would you smoke a cigarette? That's, that's going to irritate the hell out of you. Like, yeah. Of all the things to do when you've got literally. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we're skipping ahead. He wakes up without a face. Mm-hmm. But I just love, I mean, the scene before that when John Travolta is getting his facial surgery. Mm-hmm. So he's getting, he's been put under and he's getting Nicolas Cage's face. And it turns out like a face in this universe. It's like the top layer of a cake. Yeah. If you cut around yeah. it, like you know, you just cut around it gently enough. Just put it on top of another cake. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And yep. And it, the, the shape is exactly as yeah. it should be. Um, and the eye color changes as well, mm. presumably. I think they also said um, they do have the same colored eye. They, they said they have the same oh, color. They? Okay. they have the same colored eyes. They have the same, roughly the same height. What about, uh, does John Travolta also share Nicolas Cage's ratty teeth? I don't know what they did about teeth, no. That that that, that they didn't address. You know? <laughs> they did not mention that at all. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that one of them didn't have a limp going into it. Or sure, so like they that. could have had it. I didn't, yeah. I think it was complicated enough. But mm. yeah, this scene of them just cussing around the rim of the face stone, just like lifting, like sucking it, vacuum sucking it off. And then mm-hmm. oh, it was it was amazing. You know, one thing I just realized in this surgery, he says to the doctor, like, please, can we like this scar that I've got here? Yeah, from when his son was shot. Yeah. yeah. Can you put this back afterwards? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll come to that later. Yeah, yeah, sure. But... At no, at no point until the very end does that scar ever get mentioned again. I thought that was going to be a prime thing for him to explain to his wife. Like, look, check the check the other guy. He doesn't have the scar, does he? Oh, I mean, how his wife doesn't realize is beyond <laughs> me. Like, my main thought was, I mean, do they have identical dicks? Because <laughs> they have they have sex. Like, he, yeah, he yeah. has sex with. John Travolta's wife. They've not had sex in ages. Probably forgot what it looks she like. She forgot what his dick looked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. the method's the same. Sure. Just like, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, You'd think she'd twig. I mean, was, I know it's not, it was so good. She wasn't thinking about it. That's, that's yeah. probably what it's supposed that to be. That probably is what it is. Yeah. She's just, she's just grateful for a bit of action. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. But like, so when it gets to the bit when Nicolas Cage, but it's John Travolta in Nicolas Cage's body, mm-hmm. goes up to his actual wife and mm-hmm. says like, look, I'm AB and he's A negative. Like yeah, our, the, our, the, our, blood, our blood the blood type is how they uh, identify yeah. him. And yeah. so then she has to go and like take a sample of, you know, um, John Travolta, is his blood, mm-hmm. it's Nicolas Cage and John Travolta's body. Yeah. And sample that. And, and it's, it takes it takes like half an hour of the movie for her to go and do this. Sure, yeah. And she takes it into a lab and, and tests it. And yeah, it's great. But like, the, we, we never shown evidence that that was actually their original blood type. It's just just to take it on on like, on good faith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just been told it think, by, by by somebody who's in the body of a um, murderer. I would imagine most married couples know their partner's blood type, though. I have no idea what Louise's no. blood type is. Maybe find maybe find out. You never. What if she gets face swapped one day? How are you going to know? <laughs> <laughs> you could be sleeping with me for months. You'd never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so yes, they have John Travolta has his face off surgery. Mm-hmm. So he gets Nicolas Cage's face. He wakes up from the surgery, is understandably very traumatized. Mm-hmm. We get some great Nicolas Cage overacting, like "fuck you, fuck you, fuck yeah. you." Uh, <laughs> it's a good time. Oh, and we get this <laughs> another little bit line of dialogue that I really liked was they do a little bit of exposition about the voice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. my voice is the same. And he's like, oh, don't worry. We've got this microchip mm-hmm. that we're going to put in your voice box mm-hmm. that's going to change your voice. Yep. First of all, not a real thing, obviously. <laughs> they do a similar thing in Mission Impossible 3. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. For, for, for like a microchip that changes your voice. Sort of thing, yeah. Okay, sure. It just looks like a, a, a nicotine patch that you just stuck in your throat. Okay, fair enough. But then also the doctor says, you need to be very careful because if you... 
dislodge the, even the strong <laughs> cough could dislodge this yeah he spends the rest of the movie being like punched in the throat <laughs> kicked karate chopped thrown chain smoking chain, nothing dislodges <laughs> this thing the voice doesn't yeah it, it's, ne- it's never a thing why like, even like, bring it up yeah like it, it ha- happens later like when he's talking to his family like i know that i sound like him mm. but you've got to believe me yeah yeah, yeah. it's like well why do you sound like <sighs> just dislodge the microchip yeah, yeah. just like cough yeah <laughs> now I'm me again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he's he's now fully switched into Nicholas Cage's body, and he actually gets put into the same prison as Pollux Troy, mm-hmm. his his supposed brother. So and yeah. the idea is that he's gonna hang out with his brother for a while, and hopefully his brother will let slip where this bomb is. Mm. Uh, so he does that, and he's in this prison. In this very strange prison where they're all having to wear these it's the crazy, most bizarre prison I've ever seen. Crazy, like, magnetic boots. Yeah. This prison is so maximum security mm. that no one actually knows it exists. Yes, it's like Alcatraz, but a secret, yeah. Yeah. And, like, its location is secret and everything. And everyone's mm. wearing these magnetic boots mm-hmm. that can keep them strapped to the floor if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if needed, if, although, if, if, if the guards need to defuse a riot. Although the guards never actually exercise that power, particularly. They, they, they just they, they just stand they, by and watch. They do at least once on Nicolas Cage. Yeah, they do one time, but after watching them riot for like several minutes. Yeah. And then, and when there's actually a prison riot when Travolta Cage escape escapes, mm-hmm. it doesn't come into play particularly. They they just don't do it. So. What the boots? The boots, yeah. It definitely comes into play. What oh, do they? About? Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll get to okay. it. But like it it really does. Okay. So like also these boots, they are GPS trackers. Mm-hmm. So when they're in like you know the canteen or whatever and. They start a fight. Oh, yeah. You can see who's where. Yeah. The people in the security office are just watching screens that have GPS trackers and they're like, oh, they're converging. Yeah. Like, do you need GPS trackers in weird metal it, magnetic boots? What's wrong with CCTV? It's a single room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's guards in the room as well. Yeah. It, <laughs> it really makes feels, no sense. It very much feels like overkill. Yeah. 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 Like if it was a, rem- a completely remote prison mm-hmm. where like there are no guards or mm-hmm. anything like that. Then it would make sense. Sure, yeah. Because you could just tell someone to go and walk walk over that way, even if they didn't want to, and they would just have to anyway, because mm-hmm. the boots would be walking for them. Yeah, the boots are made for walking, yeah. Exactly, okay. yeah. Yeah, you're right. It just doesn't, they never quite explained what the whole deal with the boots was at all. No. Meanwhile, so he gets put into prison, and, and the only people and the only people who know, not, not even the guards know that he's like undercover, which mm. makes no sense. <laughs> the only people who know are the two secret agents and the doctor. Yeah. So... So while he's in prison, trying to get the information out of his brother, mm-hmm. back in LA, mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's he's lying in bed, comatose without, without a face. Yeah, and he comes, he magically comes out of his coma in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. No guards, nobody mm-hmm. watching him. This is like a very serious criminal. Mm-hmm. Nobody watching him. No guards. No restraints. No. <laughs> he just sits up in the bed. The whole film would have been solved with a single handcuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he just sits up in bed in his like mummy, mummy mask. Yeah. And literally the only thing you can see in the dark is just a floating John Travolta's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right there in the window, like <laughs> floating around like, ooh, look at me. Like, mm-hmm. again, if you're Travolta and you've just agreed to this unbelievably invasive surgery and, mm-hmm. and like you're leaving your at, your literal face behind, <laughs> you'd be like, put that under lock and key. Mm-hmm. Do not just leave it floating out in the lab overnight yeah. you know, in a bit of water. It's also, it's not just his face. It's all this precious body fat mm-hmm. and his hair and everything, <laughs> which, which, by the way, at the end is inexplicably, you know, back to its normal restored, length. Restored, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything's restored, yeah. How? But, <laughs> don't know. But like, yeah, so they've got his face in a jar. Where's all his body fat? Yeah. 
<laughs> not not having a dig, but like no, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot there, yeah, yeah. out back somewhere. I don't know, in, yeah. in the fridge, who knows? Yeah, mm. it was obviously obviously Nicholas Cage gets hold of it because as you say, he tra- he fully transforms into Travolta. Yeah, yeah. So he calls in his goons to kidnap the Doctor and the two FBI agents. Gets the doc forces the Doctor to well, as, as you say, we get this whole maniacal sequence when he's just like sitting around smoking with no mm-hmm. without a face yeah <laughs> smoking and, and, and like, rambling they, without a face and like they do annoying camera angles where you don't actually see his i think face. because it would have looked too awful i think they just covered <clears throat> nicholas cage's actual face with tomato ketchup or something yeah i guess like we see a reflection of it in like her glasses or mm. something yeah and um the, th- the thing that really got me was like there's nothing bad about the way he's talking you just sound like he doesn't have lips he, he did do some a bit of like did he, could, did he? I, did, I think I did he, not he made his voice sound that. a little bit like it was and i was also wondering like how is he holding that cigarette oh i mean yeah again like there's no way like <laughs> <laughs> he's got no eyelids yeah he's gonna... <laughs> yeah so he's not blinking no no he should be blinded and dripping with pus and fluids it's just it's not nice no it's not nice uh, but yeah, he basically forces the doctor to graft Travolta's spare face onto his body now, mm-hmm. presumably pump him up with Travolta's body fat and all the rest as well. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. he does just literally turn into John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And then he kills the doctor and the two FBI agents. Yeah. He burns the, he covers them in petrol and burns them alive. Mm-hmm. So now there is nobody alive apart from Castor Troy, who knows that Sean Archer and Castor Troy have swapped faces, basically. Yeah. So that, that explains everything yeah <laughs> that that covers us for a good hour of action now <laughs> uh, and then he goes to the secret prison to taunt caster mm-hmm. to taunt sean archer sorry to taunt Tra- the, the artist you was formerly Tra- travolta mm-hmm. i think i'm going to choose character names because if in this rare occasion it's easier so sean archer is the good guy caster sure is the bad guy okay okay so yeah he goes to taunt sean archer and we get another one of his amazing lines so he walks yeah. in obviously sean archer's horrified and puts two and two together mm-hmm. and he's like cast a troy and he's like it's like looking into a mirror except not <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines <laughs> so good it's also so terrible it's, it's so terrible but it's he, such a cage line it's, it's such a cage line well delivered by travolta but like yeah. he really like he relishes saying it so mm. it's yeah it's, it's good time You get licking. You're hot. It's like looking in a mirror, only not. Yes, yeah, so he, he taunts uh, Sean Archer and makes him realize that he's going to be in prison forever. And then he also, while he's there, he releases his brother. Mm-hmm. He organizes for his brother to be released. Yeah. Uh, so now Sean Archer is trapped in the prison on his own. Nobody knows it's really him. Everyone thinks he's Castor Troy. So mm-hmm. he's pretty fucked. Yeah. And meanwhile... Sean Archer goes back and kind of ingratiates himself fully into, sorry, Castor Troy goes back in John Travolta's body mm-hmm. and fully ingratiates himself into Sean Archer's former life, including yeah. running the FBI or mm-hmm. running the police force. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually does stop the bomb, does stop the bomb conveniently yeah. enough because he wants to get... Goes up, does a little dance, types yeah. in a pin code, gets it wrong, types it in again, gets it right. Yeah, pretty much. Flawless. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that wins him the trust of... It makes him oh, like a national yeah. hero. Something really annoyed me about this. Okay, go on. Because like... There's a bomb going off. There's a countdown going down. Mm-hmm. Guy's going to stop it. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's a trope. We've yeah. seen it a million a, times. A, literally always, a second before. Yeah. They always stop. No, it stopped it two seconds before. Okay. It clearly said two seconds before. Mm-hmm. And then literally 10 seconds later in the movie, there's a news report saying, and he stopped it with one second left. And it's like, 
No, it said two. <laughs> what the fuck is this? That was your big complaint that they said. It said two they seconds gave, left. They, they gave him an extra seconds, Grace. Yeah. Why? What's that about? Well, two seconds isn't a good story. One second is a good story. Two seconds is a damn good story. Wow. One is better. <sighs> yeah, so he does that and makes himself the like a national hero. And poor old Sean Archer has to watch this on prison TV, which is mm-hmm. apparently a thing. Just a giant TV <laughs> in this maximum security prison. Yep. Um, yeah, his brother gets pardoned, so he's but out the, again. It's the 90s version of a massive TV. Sure. Which is like 16 like round weird old tvs all just stacked on top of each yes. other yeah it's great <laughs> that also like if there's an overload which there is later mm. it's a highly explosive piece of equipment yes it's great <laughs> yeah i mean everything in this movie explodes everything mm. explodes uh, he also ingratiates himself into sean archer's life so obviously as we mentioned he has sex with well it well, not i mean not immediately but he kind of worms his way in with the wife obviously mm-hmm. who, who understandably doesn't tweak what's happening for quite some yeah. time she's played by uh joan allen joan allen joan allen yes mm-hmm. from pleasantville mm-hmm. as, and many other things but yeah. we, we watched her in pleasantville a while ago uh, and he's also got a teenage daughter who has drawn on eyebrows and a lot of trauma <laughs> yeah and more by the end of this movie and and so much more trauma by the end of this movie it was just another grim bit when caster troy he's he's in the house and he's he's, he's looking around and he's met the wife and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then he just walks past and the daughter is there just in her bedroom. She's not wearing any trousers. She's just walking around in her knickers and she's mm-hmm. just got a top on. And he's like, oh, the plot thickens. I'm like, oh, no, oh, this, no, yeah. this isn't okay. This whole relationship. I'm so glad oh. they didn't go full all in on it. You didn't they really could. They, they, they really, yeah. But it, it, but it, it is unsettling. It's, it's, yeah. it's good in that way. But I like I like how like he kind of becomes a semi decent dad. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's a weird decision to make him like be because he's such a cartoon villain. Yeah. But like he saves her from being raped on her own driveway. Which, yeah. I mean, well, what I, kind I, of? I don't, I don't think that. Uh, what's his name again? Sh- the, Sean the Archer. Guy. I was going to say Sean Astin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> different movie yeah. <laughs> um yeah sean archer i'm pretty sure he would have also uh, he would have done the same thing gone and, sure, like yeah. sorted out that guy he's the best cop in the country yeah something. no absolutely i mean what kind of what kind of book they literally drive onto his driveway like mm-hmm. so her parents driveway and then the boyfriend starts getting handsy and then she starts screaming for help and he starts like mm. beating her up and stuff it's like of all the places man. i'm not i'm not seeing this <laughs> you know i mean like who's had one job i'm not no, i'm not I, on his side i know what you mean yeah, oh, like, yeah. how stupid are you kid um, um yeah and well, like you say that he's become a, a, a better dad. He, he's now got more to relate to with, uh, with with the daughter. Yeah. In this way, because like she's going a bit off the rails. He's already fully off the rails. Mm-hmm. So he can be like, yeah, smoking's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's, he really impresses her by like sharing his cigarettes when the mum isn't looking. And, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, she starts liking him a bit more because he's he's a cool dad now. Yeah. But he does also give her a switchblade and tell her how to use it. Yeah. And which... I was like, this can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. This can either come back and bite him in the ass yeah literally which yeah. it does yeah <laughs> thank you or this is going to turn her into a murderer yeah. which you know that's not so not such good parenting no true yes it's not it's that, that's not necessarily good parenting but yeah he he makes some kind of connection with her anyway and yeah. he seems to he, he, and at least initially chooses not to do anything too horrible to her mm-hmm. and also of course he's sleeping with the wife which is you know which is rape and is awful yeah but like also <laughs> like, but also like if you kind of don't dwell too much on that side of it like he, he's kind of rekindling the romance in a way, in the way that the Sean Archer has not. You he know? Has, yeah, I, absolutely. So does, yeah, yeah, he's kind of like working this family life. He's which, a better Sean Archer than Sean Archer. Yeah, is. which is, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is his goal. So maybe yeah. that yeah, that's what motivates him. But 
Yeah, he becomes but, a national hero. But also, like, he sleeps with the wife, I think, just the once. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the morning after, he's really acting like, it's the morning after. Like, I need to go. Yeah. I don't want to be around you. Like, mm-hmm. oh, got to kiss goodbye. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- there's a lot going on at this point. But ultimately, eventually, Sean Archer, the real Sean Archer, does stage an escape from this prison mm-hmm. uh, in this very kind of convoluted scheme that involves a lot of explosions. It's a fantastic escape. So this is what I was going to come back to from earlier. Um, those magnetic boots, they do come up because the only way, that, the only time you ever take off those magnetic boots is when you're having the electrotherapy. Oh, yes. Okay. And so somebody who... I believe he started a fight with earlier, but has now built up a relationship with. Yeah. Um, he's getting his electrotherapy for being in that fight, yeah. which is, you know, presumably essentially a lobotomy. Like he's not going to be okay or anything. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way they make it look like he's throwing up everywhere. And like, he, he's just being electrocuted for about five minutes straight. Electroshock therapy is a thing. I don't think they do it anymore. I know it's very controversial, but mm-hmm. it is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Well, we're... just like when someone's having electroshock therapy to the head for like... Oh, I'm sure it's not healthy. Mi- yeah. Minutes straight and, you know, there's, there's clearly vomit out of their mouth and stuff yeah. like that. Their brain's not in a good way. No, for sure, yeah. But mm-hmm. in this... So when they do it, obviously they, they take the boots off first. That's Nicolas Cage's thing. And then he just tries to provoke this guy who's mm. lying on the floor, probably brain dead. Yeah. And this is his plan. Yeah. <laughs> if, it go, if it goes wrong, he's then going to be that gonna guy get, lying like, on the floor he's, brain he's gonna dead. He's going to be a vegetable, yeah. Yeah. So he's just trying to provoke this vegetable, and it works. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> but by provoking, he just gets up and like starts punching a guard, mm-hmm. and it's and then a, a full blown prison riot just kicks off. Yeah, yeah, and it's just such a weird plan that works so perfectly. It works perfectly. There's many explosions. It's a full blown riot. Many mm-hmm. innocent guards get killed. It seems yeah. not by Sean Archer though. Does he not? He's, he's shooting. Pr- I know. I noticed he did often shoot for like non-fatal shots yeah like so leg he, shots and he stuff. did lots of lots of leg shots but yeah. still a lot of guards i've seen probably died in this yes. attack you know yes and that's on him yeah, it, yeah. It, it, well i don't know he he caused the riot but mm-hmm. he didn't he he i don't know i guess maybe maybe you can give him a pass yeah yeah anyway he manages to escape he runs he flees up and gets onto the roof of this prison and then oh no turns out the prison is a sea prison yeah it's a sea prison in the middle of the ocean it's an oil rig yeah and he did not expect that at all. How and did he get there if he didn't know this? <laughs> by helicopter with a um, uh, bag over his head. But he's a, he arrived as a secret agent. Why would they not tell him? Uh, because <laughs> the only people who knew that he was a secret agent were on were, were on on that rooftop. Yes, but why wouldn't the secret when he was being and, and, briefed on this? Why would they not say, "Oh, so we're going to get you transferred to Pollux's prison," ah. which, by the way, is a sea prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems completely surprised that he's in a sea prison. That, yeah, okay, I understand yeah. now. Um, yeah. I, I know you can't answer this question. No. <laughs> but th- this is one of my favourite parts. This made me laugh so much. So <laughs> Well, I love that like it's an oil rig mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit, how are you going to get off this then? Mm-hmm. It's an oil rig that's like 50 metres away from the shore. <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't see the shore, do we? Yeah, we, we do. Oh, we do see the shore. We do, it's really close. Oh, okay, yeah, because that was what... That it, was makes, what it makes no sense. That was what puzzled me, because, yeah, he's he's like on the roof of this sea, sea prison, mm-hmm. being shot at by a helicopter, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, how's he going to get on this one? Then he dramatically jumps into the sea, Yeah. and then it's just like cuts to the next city, just in a payphone in LA, like he's fine. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what, did he ride a friendly dolphin? What happened? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they, they, so he's clearly quite close to the shore. I mean, mm. 50 meters of exaggeration, like yeah. it might be 500 meters or something, but a swimmable distance. Okay. Um, which is, what's the point in having a sea why, prison? Yeah. Why have a sea prison yeah. if it's just, <laughs> if it's just like on a pier? <laughs> <laughs> just wage your no way out. Yeah. 
And then, like, when the police are reporting back to Castor Troy as the head of FBI or whatever, mm. they're like, oh, yeah, like, he's he, he's probably dead. No human um, could survive that. No, yeah. <laughs> Not that swim. <laughs> Sorry, what? Like, a 20-meter jump into water fairly nearby ashore. Yeah. He must be dead. This what? is the worst police force of all time. I agree. This I is mean, one could of the they worst. not just fly the helicopter that they were chasing him with to just the place where he entered the water? He's not going to yeah. get very far. He's just a man swimming. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. And he needs to come up for air at some yeah. point. So, like, you could find him. The, I think some scenes were cut here for time. <laughs> like, exp- that must have explained what was going on here because it is. I thought he was going to hijack the helicopter or something. Yeah, I, like thought, I thought he was going to, like, swing onto the helicopter, kick the pilot off, fly to safety. That, that would have yeah. been, like,. In the realms of action movie logic, it would have made sense. This yeah. th- this made no sense. No, no. <laughs> but still, a good time. Yes. So he gets back to shore, and then he calls his wife, mm-hmm. who's we, we learn at this point is a, is a doctor who works in a hospital, which yeah. is convenient. Um, <laughs> understandably, she doesn't believe this crazy person who phones up and says, "I'm your husband in a different body. Don't move mm. your husband." But at least he gives her the initial seed of doubt, kind mm. of thing. So. Because he can't go to his wife, instead he goes to Castor Troy's old villainous hideout mm. and reconnects with all the villains who helped him to plant the bomb. Yeah. Including his, well, he, he meets Castor Troy's girlfriend or lover, Sasha, played mm. by Gina Gershon from Showgirls. Oh, yeah. And also his poor, traumatized biological son, Adam. Yes, who Castor Troy did not know about. Didn't know about, but for some reason she decides to introduce them now. Yeah. For reasons unclear. Uh, you know, whatever, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this poor, poor kid. This poor, <laughs> poor kid. Like, when this kid came into it, I was convinced that he was having, like, a a, a hallucination. Mm. I forget who was on drugs at this point. Because, like, wait, this is his son from the start, right? Yeah, like, 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 like the boy who died. Because they've got the exact same haircut, but mm. apparently fashion didn't change between the 80s and 90s. I mean, that was the 90s preteen haircut. But, like, yeah, he has a whole breakdown. He's, like, saying his dead son's name. Mm. And I'm like... Does every child around that age look like your son to you? Like, because yeah. he, because this one does. This one, it, it does, but like, it's a strange reaction to have. Yeah. You know? So he meets this kid. Oh, there's a great scene when he's talking to. So Sasha has a brother who's bald, who's mm. also one of the criminals, and they're talking about what they want to do next time they meet Sean Archer. And this is when we get the um, scene because. So yeah, it, when I see him, I'd like to take his face off. He's like, what? He's like, I would like to take his face off. <laughs> this, is so, this is like, again, prime Nicolas Cage improvisation, clearly. Yeah. Like, and then like, another line that I really enjoyed, the brother just goes, no more drugs for you. <laughs> and I don't know if that was a line that was said in character or not. It just, just would have made sense that way. So. Yeah. yeah. It's great. So once we kidnap Super Cop, then what? Tiny surgery. I'd like to take his his face off. Yes. Have you? Excuse me. I have to use the little boy's wee wee room. Cats. You want to take his face? Yes. His face. Oh. The eyes, nose, skin. It's coming off. The face. 
No more drugs for that man. So he's in this criminal hideout, but then Caster Troy gets wind of it, I think, from his brother. Mm-hmm. His brother's like spying through the window and sees him like in bed with Sasha. Yeah. Who tries to seduce him and he's always like, no, 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 I'm a married man, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, past pa- pastor? Uh <laughs> Pollux sees them, <laughs> calls Caster, and tips him off. Mm-hmm. And so Caster then organizes an FBI raid on his own hideout. Yeah. And there's a huge big gunfight. Many people die once again. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sean Archer manages to, to escape. But Pollux is killed. The brother is killed. He gets mm-hmm. kicked into a rooftop, falls through the glass, and dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At that point, Caster is downstairs, and he uh, and and he's there to watch his brother like fall through the the glass ceiling above him. Yes, land next to him, mm-hmm. and he has a whole mourning thing, and he's like yeah. crying for his brother. Um, and then for whatever reason. Sean Archer goes downstairs, I guess, to try and catch him. Yeah. And then they they, they have a face-off. They do have another face-off, yeah. Um, but this time, a more of a literal face-off where they point guns at each other. Or do more, what I think was probably the trailer shot, mm-hmm. which is where, for some reason, there's a double-sided mirror. And they're both behind it, and yeah. They're, and they're, they're on either side of it, and they know they're on either side of it because they start talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they point the guns at the mirror. So there's Nicolas Cage pointing a gun at a mirror with a reflection of Nicolas Cage in mm-hmm. it. and there's John Travolta pointing a gun at another mirror but it's the same mirror from the other yeah. side with a reflection of John Travolta in it mm-hmm. and so like they're pointing guns at each other both figuratively and, and literally, literally yeah. and this is the smartest the film got ever gets <laughs> I mean we, we really get all the classic action movie like location tropes we've got we get a fight on a plane we yep. get a fight on a boat yep. we get a fight in a hall of mirrors yep I think all we missed was a train and space. They're the only ones we missed. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then there's a scene where Caster, still in the body of John Travolta, he murders an elderly police chief who's like his superior. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because he's like, he he gets reprimanded for launching an unauthorized raid and getting a bunch of people killed. Mm. So he's, he's, he's kind of, playing a bit it's that classic scene of like i'm gonna take your badge kind of thing yeah it's basically that yeah so he kills him Mm -hmm. in the office but he notices him like clutching his chest a little bit well he's he's having a conversation Mm -hmm. and then his boss just randomly clutches his chest and i was like is this guy just randomly having a heart attack that never happened in movies without any sort of reason for it i'm like no he wasn't he was just having random heart pains which yeah okay maybe a little little bit of both but yeah then caster troy just like karate chops him in the neck and punches him in the throat and mm-hmm. he and then kills him basically yeah and then just goes oh oh no uh, the boss had a heart attack guys really yeah. sad like, yeah. pretty sure that uh, the doctors that <laughs> can yeah. that, that can change a person into another person well those doctors are dead but yeah um could probably identify that somebody didn't have a heart attack probably be an autopsy yeah yeah but also that there are also doctors out there who just can't tell when someone's in a coma or True. just in this universe or just having a nap yeah the doctors in this world are wildly varied in their skill yeah. sets yeah <laughs> so yeah he's killed him uh and there's a funeral for that guy which mm-hmm. we set up to but also yeah i think that yeah the plan is then that they need to go to the funeral service for this dead police chief mm-hmm. meanwhile archer breaks into his own home mm-hmm. again still in Nicolas cage's body and kind of grabs his wife and kidnaps her yeah. and explains what's actually happening to her mm-hmm. Throws a lot of information at her. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of information for this poor woman to process. And she takes a lot of it in. She does take it in very well, yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't. No, not at all, yeah. You, you, like, at no point does she say, like, he has been acting weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, she's just like, oh, okay. And like, yeah, sure, she doesn't fully believe it until she does the blood test. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. 
but she's not like, oh my God, you're insane. And you've clearly abducted and interrogated my husband. Why, why are you here? I think she takes this as well as any human being could be rationally expected to take this news. It's, yeah. It's a lot that she has to take in right now that she's been living with a complete stranger who mm -hmm. has swapped faces with her husband. Bodies. Bodies. Bodies with her husband. Sorry. Ba basically. Basically. Yeah. Also the person who's telling her this is the, the face and body of the person who killed her only son. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. For her. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he kidnaps her first and tells her to check the blood types, mm -hmm. which th she then does in the middle of the night, sneakily takes a little syringe of his blood out of his arm, because mm -hmm. conveniently, like I said, she's a doctor. So she does the test and oh my God, he's right. The blood tests match. Mm -hmm. They are who they say they are. Uh, so then Archer meets her again and says, look, you need to keep this quiet and look after yourself. And, and they make a whole plan. And then they go to this police officer's funeral, which yeah. is for some reason on a beach. It's like a beach resort funeral. Why not? But with all these doves. A beach full of doves. I don't know. There's doves everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think it's like this director's trademark, doves. I don't okay. know. It should be seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> less less dramatic, I don't know. Mm. So yeah, they go to this police uh, chief's funeral. And so John Travolta's there. Nicholas Cage is there. The wife is there. And a whole bunch of criminals are there. Mm -hmm. Ends up with this whole like Mexican standoff mm -hmm. kind of situation where I think John Travolta realizes that he's been... Uh, Castor Troy realizes that he's being double-crossed by the wife. Yeah. And then Gina Gershon's there as well. Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, uh, the two women, all pointing guns at each other. Mm -hmm. And of course, none of them get shot. No. Um, although, actually, no. Well, a few, a, few, a few of the side characters get shot. Well, Gina Gershon does get shot, actually. Yeah. She gets shot, and she, in her dying breath, she kind of begs Sean Archer to look after her little boy, who is yeah. not here, thank God. Yeah. And she never finds out that there's been a face swap. No, not at all. So she's, for, as far as she knows, she's begging her... The gangster boyfriend, yeah. yeah, not the police chief who's taking him down, yeah. But I love um, Nicholas Cage's reaction to this when she's like, with her dying breath, she's like, "Don't let him turn out like us. Mm -hmm. Look after him." You know, all this kind of very, very heartfelt stuff. Mm -hmm. He just kind of goes, and she's like, "You gotta promise me. Do you promise me?" And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> not like I promise or yes, I will. Yeah. He's just like, "Yeah." And then she just dies on his lap. It's so funny. Yeah, God, come on, I'm trying to do something yeah, here. Come on, wrap it up, bitch. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> Take care of our boy. I love him so much. Don't let him grow up to be like us, promise. Yeah. So she dies. There's more shooty-shooty. The daughter arrives and then Castor ends up kidnapping, still in the form of John Travolta, mm -hmm. kidnapping the daughter, who's obviously very confused because from her perspective, her own father is kidnapping her, mm -hmm. like dragging her by the neck outside. Then we get this classic mistaken identity thing where she's pointing a gun at both of them and they're like, I'm yeah, your dad. Yeah. No, I'm your dad. You yeah, must be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she hesitates long enough for Travolta, Castor Troy, to grab her again, mm -hmm. fully lick her up the face and start feeling her bomb, which is... Well, she shoots Nicolas Cage first. Oh yeah, she shoots Nicolas Cage. Yeah. In the arm. So she shoots her own dad unwittingly mm -hmm. in the body of Castor Troy. Mm -hmm. uh, shoots him in the arm, yeah. Then Castor Troy, John mm -hmm. Travolta, grabs her, mm -hmm. mocks her, licks her, licks her across the face and mm -hmm. grabs her bum. And, yeah, yeah. and then, she, but then she turns the tables on him by mm -hmm. stabbing him in the leg with the knife that he gave her, the mm -hmm. switchblade that he gave her, briefly distracting him enough that she can get away. And then he runs off, gets into a boat. Mm -hmm. Nicholas Cage, Sean Archer, chases him into the boat. Mm -hmm. And then we get a climactic boat chase. It's a really good boat chase. It's a good boat chase. I mean, this is the climax of a movie, which is all climaxes. Yeah. You know? It kind of had to be impressive. You know? <laughs> um, there are some amazing stunts in this boat chase. Oh, yes. 
Well, also, I believe that the, the action in this film was all practical effects and like real explosions. They didn't do a lot of CGI. I looked at Yeah, it, it really and makes for, a difference. And, yeah. and for a film of this age, you'd notice. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. I'm really glad they didn't green screen the hell out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the boat trace was great fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what you want. Yeah. I, I particularly liked the, the the police boat showing up with like five <laughs> armed police all shooting at them. Everybody misses, of course. Yeah. And then Caster Troy just shoots all the police down in like one shot each mm-hmm. and just completely destroys their boat. Explodes and, the boat, yeah. And then, yeah, Sean, Sean Archer unwittingly drives right through their boat. His <laughs> boat is way smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the police boat was made of paper. It was made by paper and doused in gasoline because it just explodes. <laughs> it just goes, it becomes an inferno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, Sean Archer, like, a lot of collateral damage happening here on his watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of his, a lot of his, a lot of his colleagues are dying on this day. But, yep. uh, yeah. So then the boat chase climaxes with the two of them, like both badly wounded, just fighting it out mm-hmm. on like a shore on a shore somewhere. Archer manages to overpower Caster and stabs him repeatedly with a harpoon. Mm-hmm. So he's dying now. He's like pinned against the wall and he's dying. Yeah. But he's like. With his dying breath, he grabs the switchblade. He's mm-hmm. like, you'll never get this face back and just starts like carving sl- it, carving it to shreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he dies. And so John Travolta. But I was wondering, I was, oh, no, I was thinking during this, like, that's not going to stop the doctors from fixing the face. Well, that's the thing. Like, if they can transfer one face to another, then just like cutting it with a knife or scarring it with a knife. That's not going to do anything. What you need to do is go right round the outside, take the face off, <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> well, that, that would be a giant last dying, fu- very painful fuck you, but yeah. But yeah, but like, yeah. do it. But like, it's, yeah, you're right, because this scene, it, he's, you know, this is the big dramatic climax and he's like, you'll never get this face back and he yeah. slices bits. And then the next thing, it's just like, oh, it's okay. We know some really good plastic surgeons. Yeah. That was, that was completely immaterial. <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll fix you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then I would have he, loved it if at this point he literally ripped his own face off, and then we saw the, the, the tomato the, sauce the, face. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the tomato sauce face for real. Because mm. also at this point, I was convinced that like, nah, he's just going to stay as Nicolas Cage. Yeah, like the family's quite traumatized just have by to what deal John Travolta. Like yeah, yeah. John Travolta licks licks the daughter's face. Yeah, like that daughter's not going no, to want want her dad to look like that again. There is no coming back from this. Yeah, the mum has like full on snogged Nicolas Cage now. Like yeah, she's yeah. fully accepted that that is who he is. And he's given him a big old snog. Yeah. And it and it and Once it again, the face of the man who shot her only son. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't see him do that. I guess she didn't know, but still. That's um, a lot to unpack. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. But then like what's the daughter gonna be like? Oh my god, you like like I you, think that daughter's fucked either way. You 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 sexually assaulted me. <laughs> her her life is over. She is screwed either way. I mean, well, clearly not by the reaction that she gives at the very end. So then it cuts to like back at home. And mm. uh, the, the the family, so the just the mom and the daughter, they're just having dinner or something. Yeah, and they see somebody walk up walk walk up the porch. This and woman and can't even be bothered to pick her husband up and drive him home from the that, hospital. Yeah, he has no, to, yeah, yeah. Got to drive his own way home after this invasive facial surgery. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so she goes to the door, and then in in super super slow motion, mm. John Travolta slowly walks around the door, and I'm like. This guy's been the villain for the whole movie. Also, <laughs> it's not, so difficult yeah. to root for him. And as not he, like, a scratch on him. I, well, yeah, Flawless. Yeah, not a scratch. I like, would have loved it if he turned the corner and he just looked like the elephant man. Well, like, well <laughs> as, he, as he slowly turned the corner, I was so convinced that for whatever reason, maybe because of the injuries that uh, Caster Troy had done to the face, I was like, it's going to be half and half. 
Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like left half to roll to right half cage. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> I was convinced that's yeah, what yeah, it was yeah. going to be. I don't know why. This is the best we could do. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so then like they, they have their reunion and he strokes the daughter's face and stuff like that. And it's <laughs> weird. And, and then he's like, oh, and something else. And I'm like, what have they done? Yeah. What, have, what have they... What have they done here? Is there going to be some sort of weird Nicolas Cage monster or something? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> it's uh, it's Castor Troy's son. Yeah. And so, like, they're just adopting him, I guess. And he, <laughs> and, and Sean Arch is just like, he's ours now. Or something yeah, it's like, like that. It's like, it's like, he needs a place to stay. He's got no one to look after him. Can we keep him? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't. Say, he doesn't say, "Can we keep him?" But it's that vibe. It's like he's, it's like they found a dog he, on the street. He's not a puppy. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, this poor his poor wife has been through so much. Yeah. Like she's had. To, she's been essentially raped by a man. <laughs> you know, she's had a strange man living in her house, sleeping in her bed. Mm-hmm. She's she and her daughter have always been killed, and now it's like now this random little kid who she's never met is being like thrust his house, mm-hmm. and she just kind of goes, "Okay." Yeah. And the daughter's like, yay, a replacement brother. Yeah. And it, is <laughs> it really is a replacement The vibe is so, it's like, it's okay, because we've just replaced our dead son with a new one our now. Our family's yeah. complete again. It was such a weird <laughs> thing to end on, yeah. It was just awful. <laughs> and one of the bits that I really enjoyed, we skipped over a little bit, yeah. was when uh, Sean Archer then goes back for the surgery, and he's mm. and, and he, he leans over to the surgeon just before they uh, uh, knock him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says... I don't, I don't need that scar back anymore. Yeah. That, that scar, I don't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different surgeon. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> he has no idea what he's talking about. Dead. <laughs> that is a good point. I did not notice that. that he's like, okay, it's good because I literally have no context for what you're talking about. <laughs> you had a scar, you say. Okay. Was it an appendix scar? I'm just, I'm just winging it here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're right. That's hysterical. Different <laughs> the guy just kind of like smiles and nods because, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's on anesthetic and might be talking a bit of nonsense. True, true. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although oh, it's a big sort of emotional thing because he's like, you know, I've, I've healed. I've, yeah. I've, I've filled that hole in my in my, in my heart. Like, I've, it's fine. I've, uh, I've I've overcome it. I've I've killed Castor Troy. I'm whole again. Yeah. I don't need that scar. And it's a big emotional moment. Yeah. But it's, to a man who has no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so yeah, he brings his creepy replacement son into the home, and the family mm-hmm. accept it without question. Yep. And then the credits roll. Yeah. And that's the end of uh, <clears throat> old face off. It was quite a time. I, yeah. I was not disappointed by this film in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it before, so I knew it was good, but it's been yeah. a long time, and it, yeah. yeah, it 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 holds up. Yeah. Well, I hadn't seen it, and uh, I can't wait to watch it again. I'm really glad. I mean, this. The, I'm, I mean, it was your pick, so I'm, I'm, I was pretty confident you would enjoy it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, this is it, it's great. Like I said, it's it's peak. It's prime Cage. It's prime Travolta. Mm-hmm. Prime nineties, silly nineties action. It's yep. all of the above. So yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! Right, right. let's hear some drinking games. Mm, God, yeah. So obviously. Face touching. Yeah, my first one is the facial stroking. Just the, that god awful facial stroke. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> like the second time it happened, I was like, "That's a drinking game." Yeah, yeah straight away, sure. that's a drink. And like, whenever you do that so early in the film, or me, I always think like, "I've done really well here. I've yeah. got a really original drink. I picked up on something no one else has noticed." Mm-hmm. And I get to the end of the film, like, "Well, that was fucked." That's every, yeah, it's, <laughs> it. It's very much yeah, an, an, an iconic. Think about this movie for yeah. some reason, yeah. Yes, facial stroking, absolutely. Very creepy, don't approve of it, but mm-hmm. a great drinking game. Uh, my first one is Drink for Golden Guns. 
Oh yeah. Did you notice this? Nicholas Cage had these like solid gold guns that were, like he has two of them strapped into the back of his mm. pants, and he just p- repeatedly pulls them out. And it's just very, it's very iconic and hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, drink for his golden guns. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, drink for a trick shot. Oh, okay. When it's like, oh, whose face is it? Is it my face? Is it your face? Go no, on. no, no, no. Sorry. Um, as in, uh, when somebody shoots a gun like oh, at something and like. Okay bounces a bullet or like shoots a thing that then falls over or breaks a chain or something like that mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah there's yeah. a fair few of those yeah, absolutely yeah similarly drink every time something explodes yeah this is one of those 90s movies where everything is just doused in gasoline and fully explosive right? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um opposite to my last one is drink for unrealistic misses sure so <laughs> when someone just has the has the drop on someone so clearly mm-hmm. and then doesn't take it like there was the one I mentioned at the very start with a sniper rifle. Yeah. And then there's so many throughout. There's so many when, like, the two of them are chasing each other. Even, like, in the uh, in the plane hangar, mm-hmm. there's ones where, like, um, John Travolta is just, like, looking down on Nicolas Cage. And he's, like, completely out in the open. There's no cover whatsoever. And Nicolas Cage is not moving. And he's mm-hmm. got the shot and he doesn't take it. Well, yeah. then he does take it and still misses. And it's bizarre because... It's only when they're shooting at people that they're bad shots. When they're mm. shooting at a thing, they're the perfect shot. Okay. Well, one of the other like things that was completely dropped from the plot of this movie, from one of the initial drafts that didn't make the cut, was that was there was going to be a backstory where they were stormtroopers, where they were they had been lovers. Right. Well, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. There was supposed to be a side plot where they'd been like best friends and they'd been like in love. And then John Travolta couldn't accept it, went and married a woman. And then they, that's why they've got this weird obsession with each other. That's right. lasted for, this obviously got completely cut out of the, end, the, the ending movie. But, <laughs> but apparently that was like a whole thing, a whole backstory they, went, they, they considered going for. That they went, no, that, that's, that's too complex. It doesn't make any sense. But um, that kind of may, maybe explains why it takes them so fucking long to kill each other. Because hmm. there are so they're, they're always hesitating on killing So many other. times when they've literally got the guns to each other's like foreheads mm-hmm. and neither of them takes the shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> very good drink for mirrors yeah drink for that's a big one anytime anyone looks into a mirror mm-hmm. as you mentioned the house of mirrors scene is one of the best um mm-hmm. but yeah or anytime that nicholas cage as sean archer has a freak out when he realizes once again that he's in nicholas cage's body because <laughs> it's not just once it's many many times it's like yeah. constantly having those freak outs speaking of nicholas cage's body mm-hmm. drink for so much chest hair Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drink for that chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, they do mention that they give John Travolta... I guess they're both quite hairy guys. Mm. But I think they, they did make the point of commenting that they would give them, like, matching chest and body hair and stuff. Which, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But, yeah, drink for that hairy old rug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, drink every time a woman or child dies. <laughs> I mean, only one, only one child dies, but several women die. Like, this film really pulls... Oh. No, it pulls no punches, this film. Oh, it really God. pulls no punches. Well, here's a fun little, not about death particularly, but a fun little bit of trivia. So when Nicolas Cage's kid, the mm. scene, and, and Gina Gershon's kid, the scene when there's a big shooter in the villain's hideout and mm-hmm. there's a huge raid and there's people dying and explosions and yeah. effort. And to keep him from being too traumatized, they make him listen to music. Yeah. And he's listening to a recording of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah. You know who's singing that version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Uh, I'm going to guess Nicolas Cage's daughter. No. Wife. No. Granny. No, you're, you're in the wrong... You're going down the wrong track. John here. Travolta's daughter. You're closer, but you're not on the right track. You're not going to get it. Go on. It's Olivia Newton-John. Oh! I would, I would, probably, I would, I would probably two guesses yeah. away from that. Yeah, it's a, Damn stealth, it. it's a stealth grease reunion. So. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice little touch, yeah. yeah. But yeah, drink for a child or, or woman being killed or in devastating peril. Yeah. 
Uh, drink for the name of the movie? Oh, yes. Face. Oh, <laughs> I want to take his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a big one. Drink for wild overacting. <laughs> wild overacting. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. so many scenes, like the facial expression. I mean, Nicolas Cage, this is what he does, but like, mm-hmm. I think John Travolta's right up there as well, though. There are moments in this film when his line readings are just so heightened and so mm. over the top. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, crazy overacting in this movie is an absolute hoot. Um, drink whenever anybody mentions peaches. Yes. Oh, that was another unsettling. That was almost as unsettling as the um, the face waterfall. Mm-hmm. Just the, yeah. The, re- the reference to women's uh, bums, I guess, mm-hmm. as being peaches is, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a, he's definitely a, a bum man, his, yeah. his cage. And uh, yeah, that, that comes up. And a tongue man. And a, to- and a tongue man, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's uh, pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. that's all i got okay i've got one more drink every time one of uh troy and archer gets punched in the face yeah because you know, considering yeah. how much extensive surgery they've had on their faces i was thinking about it every time they got hit. me too i was like ooh, ooh, yeah is it gonna fall off like yeah <laughs> never comes up never comes loose at the scene you never even see a stitch no it's mad it's absolutely mad mm. yeah yeah no other yeah. yeah very good Oh, good film, productive film for drinking games. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Bonjour tout le monde, I'm Finn, and every Tuesday I host a podcast called Passport People, in which I talk to people from around the world about the places that matter to them. What is so special about each location? What makes each place tick? Where are they headed? To join us on our round-the-world trip, talking to a diverse range of fascinating people from an incredible variety of professional and cultural backgrounds, search for Passport People, in Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, brilliant. Okay, so sequels. Uh-huh. Um, shall I go first? I've, I've only got the one. Sure, I'll go ahead. Cool. So I've not really got a title for this. Uh, well, I tried Face Off 2, Giving Face. Giving Face. I like that. Okay. Serving Face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it probably does work. So anyway, uh, a sequel-ish, okay. kind of. Let's say this medical procedure becomes more well-known. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that it makes its way out of the FBI and onto the black market. Oh, so people can actually just get this done as a beauty treatment now. Yeah, but it's not like a commonplace thing. It's not It's super, not like Botox. It's not no. super well-known. Okay. No, no, yeah, it's not like Botox. Bo- Botox, it's not like plastic surgery. Mm. It's much more of a back alley thing. Okay. So it's highly illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm thinking... Who would desperately want to become somebody else? Who specifically would desperately want to become someone else? And I'm thinking a woman with a history for insanity and very extreme actions and obsession, Glenn Close. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Playing herself. Glenn Close. This is like the Nicolas Cage movie where he's playing himself. This is Glenn Close Mm -hmm. playing herself. Yeah. As like a parody of herself as like a desperate. Yeah. So she's trying to like swap faces with Meryl Streep so she can finally win the Oscar. Okay. Damn right. That's that's where that's where we're going with this. Excellent. Love it. Love it. Love it. So Um, does she kidnap Meryl? Well. well. Okay. You you tell your story. (laughs) Tell your story. So. So after finding out about this surgery, Glenn Close invites herself to a Hollywood party Meryl is supposed to be at. Okay. The paparazzi are questioning why Glenn Close is there. (laughs) Why? Because she's not famous (laughs) enough. What's this sad bitch doing? Here? <laughs> um, and she says to see her old friend Meryl. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl does not show. No, oh, no. <laughs> the final humiliation. <laughs> this makes Glenn super bitter, mm-hmm. like more than just the normal bitterness that she is. And so- <laughs> You've totally like imposed this. She might be very generous about having not won those Oscars. You've imposed this <laughs> idea that she's this embittered monster. Like, 
Um, and uh, she goes a little insane and okay. uh, smashes some things while people chant bunny boiler, bunny boiler <laughs> at her. She crashes a few more parties until eventually she finds one that Meryl's at. Okay, because you know Meryl, famous just like party animal. Yeah. yeah. Just goes from par- all night long, just party to party to party. Mm-hmm. What a raver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I can see it. And so uh, Glenn Close waits until nobody's looking and then creeps up behind Meryl. There's never a time when nobody's looking at Meryl Streep. Come on. <laughs> Okay, maybe she's waiting for a while. Okay, a sure. long while. Okay, yeah. but she creeps up behind her and chloroforms her. Okay. <laughs> um, Meryl slumps down. Glenn Close carries her out to the car, explaining okay. to some paparazzi that Meryl's had a few too many to drink. And as a, as her good friend, she's going to take her. As her best friend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I really love this. this I love the I love the idea of this. Go on. And so then we see maybe from like from Meryl's perspective, drifting in and out of consciousness. She's being driven to downtown LA, down a side street, and into a back alley surgery, mm-hmm. being loaded onto an operating table. And then Glenn Close's manic grin as she places a gas mask over Meryl's mouth, mm-hmm. fade to black. Oh, okay. And we fade back in with Meryl Streep opening her eyes and coming to. She says, "Hand me a mirror." <laughs> and <laughs> and <Very> grand. <laughs> and the doctor does so. She holds it up and looks into it. Her face lights up with manic happiness and she cheers, I'm Meryl Streep! I'm Meryl Streep! Oh, so this is Glenn. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh, no, Meryl's okay. Body. She's done it. Okay. She's done it. And without a second thought for the real Meryl, she leaves immediately and goes to the nearest car dealer. She picks out the fanciest supercar and when they ask for payment, she simply pulls down her sunglasses to the tip of her nose and says, darling, I'm Meryl Streep. If I drive one of your cars you'll be able to double the price of every car you sell. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the spotty teen behind the desk begins to faint. As he's falling, she grabs the keys out of his hand and just, walk, <laughs> just walks away casually. Wow, the power of Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> she speeds back to Meryl's house and immediately picks up the phone to her agent. Okay. Karen, what have you got for me? I'm feeling like an Oscar this year. <laughs> I like this idea too that Meryl just every couple years she just feels like winning another Oscar so she just like oh, she orders one like a takeaway <laughs> poor Glenn can't get arrested like, yeah <laughs> well Mrs. Streep there's a film about a small town girl who goes to the big city to have it all there's a part in the new James Corden film as a talking pigeon um, Sam Jackson's looking for a partner for the new snakes on a plane uh, Marvel still wants you to be literally anything and uh, Tarantino's looking for more extras. Okay, none what, of those sound particularly Oscar worthy. What would you like to go for? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Excuse me? Uh, I said yes. I'll take them all. <laughs> okay. So we've got a montage of Meryl doing all these. Doing all the acting. Yeah. All these films. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. At the end of the montage, we go to the Oscars award ceremony. It's been a pretty by-the-numbers Oscars. Mm-hmm. The host hasn't been any good. Everyone's speeches are cut too short, and all the awards are going to James Cameron's latest blockbuster. It's kind well, of it's kind of boring. Okay. There's no drama. Okay. I mean, Avatar 2 is finally out. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, it's the award for Best Actress. Okay, moments of truth. Yeah. On stage to present the award are Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Oh, nice little callback. Great. I've... Should, should they be cast? Should, should they be played by different actors? Doing, no, no, doing no. Cage and Travolta impressions? No, no, no. I, f- I think having them cameo is is is, is a good enough like okay. callback. Yeah, great. You've got to have John Travolta. Whatever, whatever he's about to say, I don't know what mm. your ending's gonna be. He has to mispronounce the name hilariously. Then oh, has to be, I forgot about that. It has I'm, to be I'm, an Adele. I'm not, I'm not an Adele to see moment. Yeah. yeah, they start reading, but they get their lines mixed up. As okay. a, a hilarious nod to face off. Great. Okay. Yeah. And the Oscar for Best Actress goes to. I mean, this is where you could say Adele Dazeem. Yeah. Yeah. 
Glenn Close, finally! Oh no! <laughs> and there is an immediate standing ovation. Mm -hmm. Real Glenn in Meryl's body is stunned mm -hmm. and has never been more bitter. Mm -hmm. Her face going red with rage, her eye is twitching. Uh -huh. And to make matters worse, because this is the first time that Meryl has lost to Glenn, seemingly, the cameras are filming her reaction oh, no. to the loss. <laughs> so like, it, it couldn't be worse. All eyes are on her, you know, uh -huh. as, as she wanted, but it's in the worst time okay. ever. The commentator comes on and says, well, this is really unprecedented. This is the first time in Oscars history that an actor who has had multiple nominations in the same category hasn't won. Meryl Streep, of course, was the lead in four films this year, all of which got nominated, leaving the only other space in the category for Glenn Close's role in the Sunset Boulevard remake. Well done to Glenn Close. What a hero. <laughs> Meryl Streep in Glenn Close's body goes up to accept. Gets, gets up on stage for a speech. The conductor of the orchestra has put his stick down out of respect. Nobody's playing off this speech. Uh, this could no get, one this has, could run and run. Yeah. No one has more respect in the Oscars right now than Glenn Close. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is turning into like fan fiction. Right? <laughs> Isn't that this podcast? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, basically. Wow. Well, this is a surprise. I. You know what? I never really wanted this. I was just acting for the love of it. I never cared for the recognition. I didn't <laughs> need the awards. But I guess now that I've got an award, I'm happy. I'd have to say, it's all about the quality of the role, not the quantity. The audience goes, ooh, ooh as they recognise the sick burn shade, yeah, aimed okay. at Meryl. No, but jokes aside, and to finish the speech with a, with a drop of wisdom, the way you win an award like this is who you are as a person. The skill that comes from inside not how you appear on the outside. Mm, okay. That's all I got. Very good. Oh, does, does Glenn Merrill then go in on like a killing spree? I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't sure if there was going to be something like that or if she was going to get so, like her blood pressure was going to get so high her face like head blows just, off. Her head just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's face off to giving face. Giving face. I like it. I, 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 would, I would kill to watch the Oscars ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of an award where Meryl is nominated four times. Four times, yeah. And loses to Glenn Close. But it's actually the other way around. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's Meryl winning. Yeah, yeah, I can see one of those things happening, but not the other way. <laughs> Very good, okay. Uh, I've got two small ideas and then one slightly longer one. Okay. Uh, my first one is just... Very simple. It is what if I think if they were to remake this movie in 2021, mm. um, which they've talked about, but I don't think it's ever like gone anywhere. I think they should gender swap it. Okay. So my question would be, who would you cast? Well, there's a lot like of, a gender swap. So a, a female fronted face off. There's a, there's a lot of routes you, can, you could take here. Mm. Um, you could do like uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy mm -hmm. and somebody in that run. Yeah. I reckon that's, that's, that sort of thing could happen quite easily. Make it more comedic. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, that's not, that's not who I'd want though. No. I'd want somebody with a bit more intensity. Well, I was them. thinking if it's going to be another action movie, mm. Charlize Theron. Definitely. Definitely do an action movie. I can see yeah. her in that. But then who, else, who who could you pit against her in like a face-off scenario? And you, you need people who can like overact to a Nicolas Cage and John Travolta mm. degree as well. Yeah. Tilda Swinton? Charlie's versus Tilda I could kind of see. Yeah. I don't know. Neither of them are particularly in, impersonable. True, yeah. I mean, easy, easy like, to impersonate. Yeah. Yeah, like no one does a Tilda Swinton impersonation. True, true, true. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, I was one, yeah. trying to think this. It is a bit difficult. Mm -hmm. Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock? Julia Roberts are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Well, I just think because they're both like of the same era. You know, they're both mm -hmm. like the big the big stars of the 90s kind of thing. Mm -hmm. you 
Yeah, it's tricky. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I got as far as... I mean, obviously, you've already kind of preempted it with Meryl Streep and Glenn Close. That's... Reese Witherspoon. Ooh, okay. And... Because you can do a good impersonation of Reese Witherspoon if you're good at impressions. She's, mm-hmm. she's quite distinctive. Yeah. Oh, Nicole Kidman? Yeah. They're, they're in things together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get them to swap, yeah. Yeah, that works. That could work, yeah. Yeah. And, and Nicole Kidman can be pretty hammy, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think there's options there. I'd, I'd like to see it. Maybe Jennifer Lawrence and someone as well. That could work. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Oh, good. Yeah. Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that absolutely works. Okay. So yeah, that, 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 that wasn't really an idea as much as a which is an open question, but if you were to gender swap it, I thought... Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders. Sure, that could be... I mean, that's the sketch. That, that's got... I don't, I don't know <laughs> Have why they... done they, that? No, but I don't, if, if not, I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, mm. that, that'd be a great like 90s French and Saunders sketch. But yeah. Great, so that was just, a, just an open idea. I've got some actual ideas now, though. Yeah. So my first of two kind of bigger ideas is called Face Off 2, Switched Again. Mm-hmm. It's a little tribute to um, the Princess Switch. The third one is now out on Netflix, by the way. So cool, cool, get cool. that watched. Is there, is, is there a fourth Jennifer Hudgens? I um, don't. I think it's just the three, but I've not watched it yet. <gasps> that's, that's, that's I know, but I think the third one gets a lot more to do in this one. Okay, so, but I don't, I've not watched it myself yet. But mm. it's on my list for sure. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens, not Jennifer Hudgens. Ah, sorry, close enough. Anyway, so I'm thinking this one, this follow up, can be like a horror movie style retcon. Mm. It kind of can flash back and retcon the end of the original movie to make it okay. change what actually happened. This is, you know, you know how like in a horror movie, like in Halloween, for example, the villain often gets killed, but then mm. when they do a sequel, they're just like, oh, well actually what you didn't see is mm. they climbed out at the last minute. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So I think it could be that. So we're going to retcon back to the end of the original face-off movie. Mm-hmm. So there's the point where Caster Choice is slashing at his face, at John mm. Travolta's face, and like, you'll never see this face again kind of thing. But it turns out when he was doing that, he wasn't just being petty. He had a plan. Right, okay. And this was his plan. So next thing we see them in the ambulance riding away, we think obviously that Castor Troy is dead, but he's not. Mm. So the two of them are lying next to each other in the back of the ambulance. No one's watching them. Mm-hmm. Castor Troy sits up, you know, mm-hmm. super villain style, sits up in his, in his ambulance gurney, grabs a pillow and smothers a screaming archer with it and smothers him to death basically right okay nobody notices what's happening the, the, the mm-hmm. driver's too busy you know there's the the sirens are going it's too loud mm-hmm. so he's smothered he has smothered archer the good guy to death now in Nicolas cage's mm-hmm. body then he quickly with all the having already pre-cut most of his face pulls off his own face mm-hmm. chops up slices off Nicolas cage's face yep performs and <laughs> somehow performs a quick switch a quick switch an, am- an amateur let sh- yet shockingly convincing facial switcheroo yep then lies back down in, in, in his hospital bed. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get to the emergency room, mm. the, the surgeons immediately jump in and swap the faces back again. Right. Un, unknowingly that they've been swapped already. Yeah. Which means that they're unwittingly putting Archer's face back onto Castor Troy and vice mm-hmm. versa. So basically when, when John Travolta gets out of hospital, it's Nicolas Cage mm. still in John Travolta's body. Got it. Got it yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, great. Makes full sense. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's Plot-wise, flawless. <laughs> uh, then he just picks up his biological son. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he wants to keep him around. Mm-hmm. And then goes home to his new fake family. Yeah. And then I'm thinking we cut to 30 years later and he's been living as Sean Archer for 30 full years. He's been mm-hmm. deep undercover. And, like, maybe he's been working at the, the secret agency that whole time, like, subtly undermining it and also running, like, mm. a criminal empire. But at some point, Joan Allen is going to discover the secret again. Somehow she just stumbles onto it. Maybe there's like a blood test because they're getting a bit older and they have more blood <laughs> tests. Or yeah. Something, I don't know. She has to find out and then she has to 
she realizes that for 30 years she's been kind of sleeping with the enemy mm-hmm. and she needs to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all I went, that's all I got to with that one. But I just thought that'd be a good, like, very far fetched horror movie kind of retconny concept, basically. Yeah, definitely it would. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you could then uh, retcon it again to say that, like, yeah, he smothered him and he just passed out. Oh, so also <laughs> Travolta, Sean Arch has been yeah. hiding for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could work. It kind of, that kind of crosses over into my main idea though. So okay. uh, I'll, I'll do this one now. So my main idea is called Face Off 2, Face of the Enemy. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, this addresses uh, another part of the original film, which is in the original film, in the very first scene, when Caster Troy shoots John Travolta's son and kills him mm. with his sniper rifle, he inexplicably has that stupid stick on mustache, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes no sense and is never explained. So... Also, that's never addressed. And also, there's a bit of throwaway dialogue at the beginning of, at the beginning of the movie, just after that scene when John Travolta's in the police station, and somebody says Interpol insists that Castor Troy is in is in Tripoli in Italy. Yeah. So there's obviously mixed information going around here about where he is because he's actually in LA or whatever. Mm. But I'm thinking, what if what if the reason for the fake mustache and the mysterious uh, location mm-hmm. mistakes is that Castor and Pollock's Troy had a third brother. Right. Okay. And that third brother has the mus- he was he's Castor Troy's identical twin. Got it. Who in, in classic identical twin form is only distinguishable by his villainous mustache. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic trope. Love it. And that is how Castor Troy was able to stay a- ahead of the law for all those years mm-hmm. and seemingly be in two places at once because he was. Mm. So there were always two of them plus Pollux. You know? <laughs> <laughs> always the two of them working together, you know, uh, in sync. And the police never knew that there was a second brother or a third brother. Yep. And this one's called Tate Troy, I say. Right. Just because I thought caster sugar, Tate sugar, just, you know, <laughs> I I'd stick with sugar brown, I don't know. <laughs> brown. Brown, yeah. So this is this is Tate. Golden. Golden, yeah. White. I'm gonna get with I'm gonna stick with Tate. Okay. This is Tate Troy. Uh, he's the third brother of the of the of the family, of the Troy family. And ever since Castor and Pollux were killed, he's been lying low, waiting for his opportunity to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in LA, Sean Archer has spent the past 25 years slowly rebuilding his life. Yep. Uh, but he remains haunted by the memory of Castor Troy and their traumatic face swap experience mm-hmm. to the point where even now he still sees Nicolas Cage's face when he looks in the mirror from time to time. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of therapy, but it's just still, mm. there's a lot, there's more, that's a lot to unpack. You know, mm-hmm. he's never going to recover from that. Uh, but he has worked through it as best as he can. And he's actually in classic action movie style. He's now one week from retirement. Nice. He is one nice. week from retirement. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's just got a few more cases to wrap up. One of which is he gets called to a disturbance at a local circus. Mm-hmm. There's been some kind of violent incident at a circus. So he goes to investigate with his crew. And it's obviously it being his, a, troop. his troop. Yeah, his troop. And it ends up with him investigating inside a hall of mirrors. Ah, so he's okay. walking through a hall of mirrors in, in the dark with his gun out, you know, trying mm-hmm. to trying to find the perpetrator of this violent disturbance. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's walking through the mirror hall, you know, jumping at shadows as you would do. When suddenly, what face is he confronted by? But the face of his mortal enemy, the face that has haunted his nightmares for 30 years, mm-hmm. Castor Troy. Yeah. He's back. Oh, well, it's Tate Troy, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. So the twin brother has now confronted him, has lured him into this trap in the Hall of Mirrors, basically. So the sight of this person who he thought was dead, who's been haunting his nightmares for 30 years, shocks him to the point where he's just frozen with horror. Mm-hmm. He like he's, he's catatonic. And Tate Troy uses that moment to overpower him, knock him out and sedate him. Right. Travolta wakes up in a hospital bed, face wrapped in bandages. <laughs> Horror struck, he begins to realize what is happening when he hears the sickening laughter of Tate Troy in the background, 
who is now standing over him wearing his own face. Mm-hmm. So the face swaps happened again. Now it's Tate Troy is now wearing Travolta's face. Yeah. And Tate Troy explains that he's been waiting 30 years to avenge the deaths of his brothers. And now the time has come. He realizes that killing Archie will be just too easy. Yeah. Instead, he wants to show him how it really feels to be haunted. So then he switches on the TV and there's a news report on showing an LA skyscraper being blown up. Mm-hmm. Big, big news story. Followed by a video message that's been sent into the news station by Troy, mm-hmm. posing as caster Troy, obviously, because no one knows who Tate Troy is, taking full credit and responsibility for the explosion and like laughing maniacally, just saying, I did it, it was me, whatever, you know? Yeah. So then Troy, who's obviously now got John Travolta's face, turns to Archer, who's now got the Nicolas Cage caster Troy face or the mm-hmm. Tate Troy face, and says, you're now the most wanted man in the country. Good luck. And then he walks away because he's like, mm. he's got the good face. Yeah, yeah. Then he walks away. And leaves poor Sean Archer on the run with Troy once again free to infiltrate his family and take over. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the only person that Sean Archer can now turn to for help is his adult foster son, Adam, who was uh, Gina Gershon's oh, yeah. little boy, yeah. who's understandably got plenty of issues of his own. Mm-hmm. He's, it's been 25 years, so he doesn't live with the family anymore. He's grown up. And maybe him and his father have become estranged over the years because obviously, there's, well, his stepfather, I should say, because mm-hmm. obviously... A whole lot of issues in that family. <laughs> so maybe they don't have a great relationship, but he's the only person who Sean Archer can think of to come to and ask mm. for help. So he does. He, he finds his son. And obviously for Adam, the son, this is going to cause a whole lot of uh, new troubles because now he's being presented with the face of his dead real father, his, his dead <laughs> biological father, mm-hmm. claiming to be the spirit of his stepfather, who's estranged, mm-hmm. asking him for help to avoid the law and expose his uncle we never knew he had. Yep. So that's a lot to put, lots for him to unpack. Yep, it's a lot for me to unpack. Sorry, yeah, this is a complicated <laughs> one. And that's kind of where I, I kind of got to with that one. That's kind of uh, it. But yeah, I was thinking it could be like, it could almost go a bit Star Wars-y where um, the son, mm-hmm. Adam, agrees to help his stepfather. But maybe when he confronts Tate Troy, maybe he's tempted by this person who looks exactly like his biological dad to like go over to the dark uh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a battle between good and evil. Yeah. So I reckon that uh, at that point you need to you need to kill Sean. Kill Sean Archer. Bold, yep. okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that he he needs to actually die. Okay. Maybe he gets shot in the face or something. Okay, so there's no coming back, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know that, like, that face is destroyed as well, so no one can, like, wear his face mistakenly. So who's thing. dead? The, the evil or the good is dead? Even though, I know it's Travolta's the, the, face the, is dead. The, the, the good is dead, so Nicolas Cage is out. Okay, so Nicolas Cage's face has been destroyed. Yeah. But it's it's John Travolta's spirit that's dead. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. And so then it's just on the boy, and you think that the boy is, like, he's turned to the dark side. Mm. He's, he's, he's there with the... Was it Tate Troy? Tate Troy, yeah. And uh, and then maybe it takes him a while, but eventually, like Tate Troy slips up in some way, just says the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and, and the guy's like, "This, this isn't, this isn't my stepdad. This, yeah. this, this, this is." Oh, because he did think it was his dad. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I see. Okay, so it's yeah. And and so and so then he works out and he's like, "This man murdered my father." Oh, okay. And then he gets revenge. Yeah, I like. And, it. and, and then maybe he can go on a whole nother face-off thing mm-hmm. where. Then the sun is wearing. Oh my god! These faces must be like (laughs) slips of old rubber. Like the amount of wear and tear they've been through. Yeah. Oh dear! You can get an an FTD, facially transmitted disease. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They would look like the girls from Death Becomes at this point. The amount of back and forth. Yeah. Well, John Travolta kind of does. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, now there's an explanation for it. Well, there you go. Yeah, you can write it in. You can write it in for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was Face Off Two: Face of the Enemy. Nice. Uh, yeah, those were all my sequel ideas. Hmm. So uh, very good. With that done, shall we move on to listener submissions? Yeah. 
Just a handful this week. Andrew Kelsey said Face Off 2, Face Offer. Okay. Uh, Kayla McKenzie said Face Off 2, Off Your Face. <laughs> uh, in the sequel, they're all just super drunk. Mm-hmm. High on drugs. Yeah. Rob Bennett said Face Off 2, Face the Music. It's a crossover with Hairspray. Mm-hmm. So another John Travolta classic. So I guess it's just Face Off the Musical. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cinema Recall, at Cinema Recall, at Cinema underscore Recall said, I don't want a sequel. I want a remake of Face Off with the following pairings. He's given us some suggestions of some celebrity pairings that could be in a remake. Mm-hmm. So he said John Candy and John Belushi. Uh, Rick Moranis and Crispin Glover. Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton. Okay. That could work. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that does work. Ronald McDonald and Pennywise. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Two yeah. Evil clown versus potentially evil clown. Yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving. Oh, yeah. Samara Weaving is the girl from uh, Hide and Seek. Hide mm-hmm. and Seek. Yeah, who, yeah. who looks a lot like Mar- Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. That could be like a good comment on them looking very similar. And Bill Murray from Ghostbusters versus Garfield, who is voiced by Bill Murray. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And that would be fun with like a cat's face on a human body. That, I mean, that seems very disturbing, mm. but uh, yeah. Uh, Cinema Craptaculous at Craptaculous said, Freeway face off. Adam is grown up now. That's the little boy again. He dons his bare father's face, the repentant Troy, to destroy Troy's life. Troy does what any bio dad would do. He steals Archer's face in order to win back the love of his son, leaving Archer to take up Troy's face. So, the a lot of face swapping happening there. Mm-hmm. Father, the son, and Travolta all just wow. face swapping merry-go-round. My God. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And finally, Philip Mottaz at Philip Mottaz said, add a third person, Cage, Travolta, Downey Jr. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That could be a, that could be a, good, a good addition to the, tri- to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you everybody for those listener submissions. We ask you for your sequel pitches every week, a few days before we record by putting our posts out on Facebook and Twitter. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave us a review if you so wish. And next week, Harry, I believe it's my pick, but I believe also we are agreed we're going to continue with our St. Nicholas Cage season. So we're going to stick with classic peak early 90s Cage or yep. mid 90s Cage. Yep. Uh, so next week, we're going to do another of his iconic films from this era. Mm. Uh, one of the greats, uh, a Michael Bay film. Many people say the best Michael Bay film. We're going to do The Rock. Okay. Also not seen it. Also not seen it. Nothing to do with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. That's just just putting out that he's not in it. So, cool. Well. Yeah. But nevertheless. So at least he has ripped that bandage off now. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. fine. So next yeah. week, Michael Bay, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. The Rock. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, should be good. I just thought of another face-off pairing. Surprised no one said it. Schwarzenegger, DeVito. Oh, like in Twins. Yeah. <laughs> that that'd be hilarious and again deeply disturbing. But yeah. <laughs> there's no way you can get DeVito's body to look like Schwarzenegger's. That's just there's, there's not enough stretching in the world. <laughs> but yeah. that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So thanks, for, thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. And we'll see you next week for, for the, rock. the Rock. See you later. Bye. Bye. No more drugs for that man.